we need to hear this. And we're in this series now about favor, second in the series, if you weren't here last week. And this morning, I want to talk about accelerated favor, how that it's not just favor, but God is accelerating it. And he's saying, as, uh, as he's blessed me, and now favor in my life, I believe, is going to be accelerated. We're believing favor in your life is going to be accelerated. Amen. I didn't even have to prompt that. You got it. You want that. Amen. You want accelerated favor. You know, and, and I thought just let, me, let me just, let me just throw this thought out. The more thankful you are and the more you recognize favor, the more you receive it. You see, it's when you grumble and complain and focus on everything that goes wrong. That's when you don't get a lot of favor. But when you start acknowledging favor in your life, you know, sometimes good things happen to you and you don't even acknowledge that God had anything to do with it. You just think you're all that smart. Stop taking credit for what God's doing in your life. You say, well, I don't know if it's God or not. Oh, my God. One man said, I, I don't know when it's God or when it's not, but I notice this. The more I pray, the more prayers I get answered. Coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. God's in charge of your life. If he's in charge of your life, give him thanks for everything. Everything, good, bad, ugly. Come on, praise him, amen. Good, bad, and ugly. Give him praise for all of it. Because when you do that, everything comes together. And, and so the more thankful you are and the more you recognize and acknowledge favor in your life, the more it will happen. I, I was reading, as we're, I hope you're still reading through the New Testament, and I was reading through Corinthians, and, and Paul keeps talking about that, that um, we need to pray. And, and one of the reasons that we really want to see answered prayer is not just for the answered prayer, but that thanks would erupt. There's just something about thanksgiving. Paul says we want prayers answered so more people will give thanks to God. I, I never thought in those terms. Not really. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get my prayers answered. And God says, you know what? There's something powerful that happens when we have a spirit of thanksgiving. All right, I'll save that for November. Amen. So Amos 9.13, I'm probably going to read this every Sunday in the series until you really get it good. He said, behold, the days are what? The days are coming. The days are coming. I say already are here. Says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. So he's reaping and the plowman's right behind him putting seed and behind him is another reaper. And God's just saying, the minute you put it in the ground, poop, there it is. And the treader of grapes, him who sows seed, while you're, you know, while you're stomping the grapes out, they're growing up. You can't keep up the blessings. How many want to have that kind of problem? You can't keep up with the blessings. That would be nice. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Because that wine is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. That wine is symbolic of the joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? And if you take a sip, God bless you for that. Amen. The days are coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come together. 
So three things I want to get this morning. Again, this is a series, so I'm, you know, I'm tempted to preach everything I want to, want to say on this, but I can't. But listen, number one, he is Lord of time. Now get that. He is Lord of time. Time doesn't matter to him. He can speed things up because he's Lord of t- There was no time till he created it. Can you imagine? And we will one day live in eternity. We will have no watches, no calendars, just eternity. We won't sit around and say, what time is it? It's 3,000 years past rapture. There'll be no, I can't imagine having no conception of time. But God established time. And he established something called seasons. In generations, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. Here's, here's, Here's what the Lord is saying. He said, after Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar, something happened. Something happened. Verse 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. I want you to know when you sacrifice something, it's an aroma. He actually inhales your service. Ah. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, unless you're in Florida, and day and night shall not cease. So he established seasons. What what are seasons? Seasons are are simply times when that, that determine growth. We'll get into that a little bit later. If Noah's offering was that amazing, can you imagine how amazing Jesus' offering was? Because Jesus' offering, Noah's offering, um, uh, you know, God said, you know, the rainbow, and he said, I'll I'll never curse the earth like that again. But Jesus' offering says, what curse there is, I'll lift. And we are living that kind of freedom now because of Jesus' offering. Now, that, now, now in Hebrew, some people look at this, some theologians, and say, seed time is not really one word. It's two words. Seed, time, harvest. He said, I put there's seed, you put it in the ground, then what do you do? How many are waiting for your gardens? How many the weeds are taking over your gardens? Yeah. Weeds take no maintenance at all. They, you know, same thing in church. All right, moving on. I shouldn't say that and turn my back. You never know what's coming at you. Seed, time, harvest. Seed, wait, harvest. Seed, work, harvest. Seed, labor by the sweat of your brow, 
harvest. Oh, come on, somebody in this place. I believe what the Lord's saying with favor is I'm going to take out time. And it's just going to be seed, harvest, seed, harvest. What God is going to bring into our lives does not require labor on your part. It just requires you having faith that God could go from seed to harvest without the labor, without the time, without the effort. My God, just speed up the blessings of God for these are the last days. Somebody help me in the house. <laughs> He's dropping time out of the equation. He's lifting the curse. He said, How? Listen, you can't do that. There's laws in place. <laughs> the law of seed time and harvest. But He's Lord of time. Amen. Listen, God, listen, rules can't. God made the rules so He can change the rules. How many believe in the law of gravity? If I fell off this platform, it would be greatly demonstrated. I hope you won't just laugh. I know this church. Y'all be laughing. And that's okay. There is a law of gravity. But I'm, in fact, uh, I was thinking about airplanes. Um, because a little bit we'll be going to Thailand. In fact, in fact, Kyle Marion got in Misa got in about about 1:30 this morning, and then Kyle got up this morning, and Marion drove him to Columbus so he can fly to Madagascar or Mozambique, one of those M's, and in Africa, and and then from there he'll fly to Japan, and Marion will meet him in Japan, and then from there. Two of them will fly to Thailand where they'll meet me and the rest of the team that are going to Thailand. <sighs> then we'll all fly home. That's a lot of time in the air. And here's my thought as I'm flying through the air. How does all this weight stay in the air? If you dwell on that while you're flying, you will literally freak out. You can't think about that because you're thinking law of gravity. There's no way. To Thailand, we're going to be on a 777. Does anyone know how much that baby weighs? Does <laughs> throw, throw some guesses out. Three tons? Ten tons? That plane empty weighs 300,000 pounds. That's 150,000 tons. That's empty. It's maximum takeoff weight, which I'm so thankful they pay attention to. <laughs> if they ever say to me, we're almost overweight, you have to get off. I'm like, I'm off, I'm off. I'll take the next one, no problem. The maximum takeoff weight is 545,000 pounds. How in the world does that thing fly? I have trouble keeping a kite up. Come on now. 
half a million pounds. 250,000 tons flying through the air. Now, if that doesn't freak you out, you don't have a, you're something wrong with you. But you know what it is? There's another law, the law of aerodynamics. And the law of aerodynamics says if you reach a certain speed and your wings and your flaps are in a certain position, there's no way on earth that plane's not going to take off. The law of aerodynamics cancels the law of gravity, and that plane, half a million pounds, goes up into the air and stays in the air for 18 hours till it lands in Shanghai, China. And lands smoothly with a little boop on the end. By the way, the landing weight is lower than the takeoff weight. You have to weigh less when you land. So you better burn some gas because I ain't jumping. Amen. That's a lot of pounds. That's a lot of metal. I look around that airplane and I see hundreds of bodies and I think, oh, my God, we're all in the air. Maybe that doesn't freak you out. But when you think about it, it's weird. Because we're more, we're more familiar with the law of gravity. Because I can't even fly off this little thing. We're familiar with the law of gravity. But the law of aerodynamics negates the law of gravity. I'm here to tell you there's a law of favor. And the law of favor is negating the law of seed time and harvest. Amen. The law of, the law of favor says it doesn't have to take a month. It doesn't have to take six years. It doesn't have to take five minutes. When God intervenes with favor, it happens now. Oh, somebody give him a praise and magnify the Lord. There is none like him. I want to live in his favor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Praise God. None of you will ever fly again. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, real quick, says this. Now, since we are God's co-workers, we beg you not to take God's marvelous grace for granted, allowing it to have no effect on your lives. His favor is there if you let it. If you let it. For he says, I listened to you at the time of my, at the time of my, and the day when you needed salvation, I came to your aid. So can't you see? Now, say now. Now is the time. Now is the time. <laughs> to respond to his now is the day of salvation. You've got to respond to favor. You can't just complain when it's not there. You need to respond. You've got to believe. God when I get up this morning, I believe I'm going to be walking in your favor all day long. And the devil will say, well, you don't earn that. And you tell the devil that's right. Because if he gets it in your head, you've got to earn it. You'll probably never see it because you'll never earn one scrap of favor from God. I'm here to tell you, it's not because you earned it. It's not because you worked so hard. It ain't even because you're so pretty. 
Not because of who you know or where you've been. It's simply because God loved you before you ever knew him. He had favor on you before you were even saved. I know you didn't earn salvation. I'm here to tell you, just trust in the favor of the Lord. It will be the respond to his favor. My God, help me in this place. Let's, let's raise up a good shout to the Lord right now. Amen. Woo. Wow. Seasons were created. Seasons define atmospheres and conditions for growth. But God controls the conditions. How many know things will grow faster when the conditions are right? Well, he's Lord of the conditions. So he changes conditions so that good things can grow like weeds grow. Fast, suddenly, and overnight. God is Lord of time. He can, I, I remember, let me give you a couple word pictures like Elijah outrunning Ahab's chariot. That's pretty cool. You say, well, how fast was it going? Depends on the horsepower. Probably two horsepower. But none of us can run that fast. And I see, oh, hey, I'm whipping his horses, and there's a, and the rain, it hadn't rained in years, and all that rain and thunder and lightning is going, ha, yeah, and here comes Elijah. <laughs> Today, be like you're going down interstate, and somebody passes you at 70 miles an hour. Back in my day, we called that trucking. You millennials don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Google trucking. You'll see what comes up. <laughs> Probably not. Like... Look at people on their phones right now trucking. <laughs> Jesus. How, how about Philip who, who got Star Trekked? He, he's talking to the Ethiopian eunuch, and the next minute he's in another city. Beam me up, Scotty. Amen. I've often said, I wish there were two of me, or I wish I could be in two places at once. Philip did it. God can do whatever he needs done. He's not going to do it to entertain you, but he knows what needs to be done. And if you need to be in two places at once, beam me up, Scotty. Amen. If you're not a Trekkie, I'm sorry, I've lost you. How about the suddenly when 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost? Hmm. You know, when I was young in the Lord, I was, I was praying, dreamed of the day that we would see, again, see 3,000 saved in one service. And now it's happening all over Africa. Now it's happening almost daily in South America where thousands are saved. One sermon, boom. These are the last days. And God's favor is on us. One of these days, I keep saying this, one of these days I need to preach the suddenlies. Because there's so many times in Scripture it says, and suddenly. You know what that suddenly means? God kicked out time and jumped from seed to harvest. Suddenly. Sudden. Anyone, have anyone, anyone here ever experienced a suddenly from God? How many times have you worked and prayed and worked and prayed and worked? And prayed? I, I, know, I know one of the greatest things is sometimes, sometimes when church members feud. I, I know you don't know anything about it. 
But you wonder as pastor, how are we going to fix this? How are we, we going to get these two back together? You know, they're fighting the feud, and they don't want, you know, they both think they're right. You know, they both got prophecies. Let's say the Lord, whatever. I call them dueling prophecies. <laughs> anyway, get off my soapbox. <laughs> And, and you could struggle and worry and lose sleep and wonder how you're going to fix it. And one worship service, boom, the Holy Ghost falls and they're both over here hugging. I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm so stupid. I'm lo- I said, Lord. You couldn't have fixed that three weeks ago? That would have been nice. But you see, I got to learn. You got to learn. Quit worrying about stuff because God's in control. He's the Lord of favor, and he'll get it done when it needs to get done. In the meantime, put up with it. Have faith. He's the Lord of favor. Number two, he is Lord of the harvest. He's Lord of time, and he's also Lord of the harvest. Look at John chapter 4, verse 35. And you remember this story, the woman at the well. I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but he says, uh, Jesus says, how many know the, the woman at the well story? Okay. So um, she's already, they have already had the conversation. Remember, the disciples went to McDonald's to get something to eat through the drive-thru. And they come back with their happy meals and... <laughs> And they, they tried, and, and, and Jesus says, I'm okay. What do you mean you're okay? Jesus said, I have bread you don't know about. He's been hiding bread under his cloak. Uh, what's going on here? But then uh, he, he points, and what he's pointing at is the woman in the meantime had gone to the city, and she begins to testify. And, uh, of course, she was rebuked because women aren't allowed to preach. But anyway, she... Because women are allowed to preach. Oh, these, these legalists get on my nerves. So, so, so she preaches to the city, and, and the disciples are sitting there by the well with Jesus eating their Happy Meal burgers, and here comes the city. People are coming out of the city in droves. Let's go see this man named Jesus. They want to get saved. Whew. So Jesus says to the 12, he said, listen, there are still four months, right? Four, how many farm? How many no crops? Four months from seed time to harvest. There are still four months, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. If you can see through spiritual eyes, you'll see what I see. It doesn't have to take four months for it to happen, God says, for they are already white for harvest. Somebody magnify the Lord, amen. I just won this woman to the Lord uh, an hour ago, and now a whole city's being saved. Oh, come on. Already white for harvest. Verse 36 says, Hallelujah. Thanks, I needed the breath. And he who reaps, receives wages, and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Uh-huh. But the beauty of this is it can happen all at once. I sent you to reap for which you have to have entered into their labors. God says the reason favor is even possible is because I've laid the groundwork. God's in charge. Amen. 
And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, who preached. He told me all that I ever did. He is Lord of the harvest. He is not just God of the suddenly. He is God of the already. I like what, I got to go through this quick. I hope you know your Bible. How many know that when, when, uh, um, when Isaac was, I mean, when Jacob was starving because of a famine, God had uh, Joseph already in Egypt. See, you may be going through a trial now, but God has a Joseph in Egypt. In fact, the scripture says literally, but God already had Joseph in place. Joseph had to pay a price to get there, but Joseph is in a place where he can now save his family that cast him out of the family. Isn't it amazing how God works? Amen. But God doesn't just have a suddenly. He has an already. Amen. It's like when, when, when Abraham and Isaac went up the mountain. Amen. And Abraham was about to put his son on the altar, and his son said, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham just says, well, God will provide. Abraham didn't know that on the other side of the mountain, a ram was walking up there. Ah, hallelujah. And at that very same moment, ah, come on now. At that very same moment as the knife's coming down, there's a ram in the thicket. God's got a ram in the thicket. He's got an already, already for you. Give him praise. Amen. He's He's gotten already, already. I remember that battle. I remember that battle where they, they were down in the valley and they were surrounded and they were outnumbered and looked like they were going to get defeated. Remember that story? And, and, then, and then the Bible says it rained on the other side of the mountain. And the rain flowed down into the, remember he told them to dig ditches. You know, when you're low, it's, it's hard to take it when God says go lower. God says, dig deeper. Sometimes you got to dig deeper to go higher. So they dig ditches. Remember the story? They dig ditches. And overnight, the rain came, filled up the ditches. And in the morning, when they looked, the sun was shining on it. And it, <laughs> it, looked, like, it looked like God had provided a mighty army. Oh, I'm here to tell you, there is an already, already. In your situation, God's not taken by surprise. It's not like you pray and say, God, do you know why this is happening? And God's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll pay more attention next time. I just got busy. God knew about your situation long before you freaked out. There's an already, already waiting for you. Can I get an amen? How about Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3? By the way, I think up to now these have all been from the Passion Translation. Every, say every, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has, what? I, I didn't get that. I can't hear you. Already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped up into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. 
He's already lavished favor on you. You just need to acknowledge it. Let me close with this. Number three, he's Lord of the seed. He's also Lord of the seed. It all starts with seed. you got to have seed. Seed, take out time, harvest. Got me? But seed's got to be put in the ground. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6, talks about this seed. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Ushers are coming back. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a literally a hilarious giver. You should be rolling in the aisles when the ushers come. Lord, I got no response to that. And God, you don't mind if I talk to him while I talk to you, do you? Is that okay? Just me and him. And God is able to make all grace, all favor abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Okay, okay. All grace abound always having all sufficiency, all things. Is anyone getting it yet? Paul's running out of adjectives may have an abundance for every good work. Wow. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Mm -hmm. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Not increase the, not, not just let the seed do what the seed's supposed to do, but multiply the seed you already have. Oh, you missed a good place to say amen. Wow. Second Peter 1 3, and I'm done. The worship team will come. Second Peter 1 3. As his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory. And virtue. He is the Lord of accelerated seed. Accelerated seed. He's Lord of time. He's Lord of the harvest. And He's Lord of the seed. Listen, you don't even have to earn the seed. He'll give you seed. Would you stand with me? Praise God.